Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour on this football Friday in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, not involving our Philadelphia Eagles, but nonetheless, a football Friday with championship weekend coming up on Sunday. But a lot to talk about on the show today. Obviously, the NFL. Got to talk a little Sixers, a little Flyers, the NFL Awards. Finalists were announced. We'll talk about that. And still got to talk about this coaching search and still some afterthoughts from that end of the season press conference from our Philadelphia Eagles because I think people are severely overreacting. I really do. I think the people saying it was the worst press conference they've ever seen in the history of sports, just relax. Everybody just needs to relax a little bit. But we'll talk about that. Good morning to my Power Hour crew. I see people coming in. I know Birds365 on the channel is running a little late, so I'm sure some of you guys are going to be strolling in. But we are live here on the Jacob Sports Network on YouTube. We are also live on TikTok as well on my TikTok channel. But let's get a little roll call in the chat on this Friday morning. Supposed to be a warm day today. Things are warming up. I think it's going up to like 58 degrees today. So, one day closer to the summer. One day closer to next football season. That's the way I look at it. But what's up, everybody? Wine Niners Wine in the house wants to talk some flyers. We'll get there because I didn't get into the Danny Briere press conference yesterday because it was just so much news coming from the Eagles. But I do want to talk a little bit about that. Mike Fittery's ready to trade A.J. Brown. I'm not there yet, my man. Adam's exploits, what's going on? Anyone agree with Bill that high school Harry should be head coach? We'll get there. I know a lot of you guys don't agree with me on Sirianni, but we'll talk about it. I see Elliot in the house, Mike Fittery, William Stark, Teresa Pascarello, good morning. The Real RMP, DB Talking Now, Fran Iardi, MC, Twiz, Solvane, Kyle. I see people checking in. On TikTok, king of pressure. What's going on, my friend? And if I missed you guys, I apologize. But let's jump in to the Philly Sports Power Hour. So we'll talk some NFL later on in the show. But let's start with a rough night in Philadelphia sports last night. As well as the Sixers were playing winners of six straight, they fall flat on their face last night. Losing to the Indiana Pacers, 134-122. And they just didn't look good all night. Obviously, no Tobias Harris, no Marcus Morris Sr. That hurt them. Down some other guys, but not a great start to their road trip after winning six in a row, losing to the Pacers. 
But Embiid keeps the streak alive. If you care about Embiid's streak, 22 straight now with 30 or more. But they lose that game, unfortunately. They're back on Saturday against the Denver Nuggets, who are 31-15. and Let's see if they can bounce back after a tough loss to the Pacers. But in good news for the 76ers, Joel Embiid, not surprisingly, named to his seventh straight All-Star game. I don't think that should surprise anybody that he was voted in as a starter for the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, and the Greek freak Giannis, all named starters for the East. The West, Shy Julius Alexander, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and the Joker, all starters for the West. And the reserves get announced on Thursday. So unlike being voted as a starter, the coaches pick the reserves on Thursday next week. So we'll see if our man Tyrese Maxey gets named an all-star, which I think he deserves to be. And I see some more people checking in late. Twiz in the house, flexing and stepping in the house. Asia Roberson in the house. Takeem Hilton, good to see you guys here. But that'll do it for the Sixers talk today. Want to flush that loss from last night. But Embiid, seventh straight All-Star game. And let's hope next Thursday we'll be talking about Tyrese Maxey being named an All-Star for the first time. I think he deserves it. If you're here in the chat, let me know. Do you think Tyrese Maxey will be named an All-Star for the first time this season? We'll find out next Thursday. But let's talk a little fly, guys, before we get in the NFL Wish there was more good news, but there wasn't another loss for the Philadelphia Flyers. So, like I said, a rough night in Philadelphia sports last night. The Sixers looked horrible against the Pacers, and the Flyers looked really bad against the Detroit Red Wings. And Alex Lyon, the goalie for Detroit, who used to be in Philadelphia, shuts them out 3-0. And now that is the fourth straight loss for the Philadelphia Flyers. Fourth straight loss in regulation for the first time all season. So let's hope that these Fly Guys can bounce back. They have one more game before the nine-day break for the All-Stars. They got Boston this weekend, so we'll see what happens. But I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. I know Wine Niners Wine here in the chat wants to talk about it. In addition to the the end-of-the-season press conference for the Philadelphia Eagles, there was also a press conference done by general manager for the Flyers, Danny Briere. And my biggest takeaway from that was, we're still thinking about the future. Those were the words from Danny Briere. So as exciting as this team has been, as excited as we have been that maybe we're getting playoff hockey back in South Philadelphia, Danny Briere basically told everybody, we're not going to trade away assets to make a run. The plan is still the same. Our eyes are on the future. We are going to do things to help this hockey team in the future. They're not going to trade away first and second round draft picks. They're not going to get rid of young guys. They're not going to bring in players who are on expiring contracts just to make a playoff run. We've been down this road time and time and time again as Flyers fans where every year they're mortgaging the future just to try to make that run. This is a different organization now. 
Their eyes are on the future, and I like it. As frustrating as it is, because as impatient as I am and you all are as Philadelphia fans, we want them to win now. But I like that this hasn't changed their plans. Yes, they are winning games. They've exceeded expectations. But they're not going to do things just to make a run this season. They don't want to be in the playoffs one year, out of it again, in it the next year, out of it again. They're going to do things that give us a Stanley Cup contender for years to come. And I have faith in the organization the way it's being run right now. One of the big questions is what do they do with defenseman Nick Sealer? Because he was a guy who they thought maybe would be a trade piece at the deadline. But if you heard Danny Briere yesterday, they want to keep him. They think he's a big piece. He's exceeded their expectations. They thought he would be a sixth or seventh defenseman. He's in the top four now for their defense. So we'll see. But the Flyers, I think, are doing things the right way with this organization. But that's going to be it for basketball talk and hockey talk because it's football Friday. We only have two more football Fridays until next season. The reality of that is setting in with me and not making me very happy because I look forward all offseason to NFL football. I know all you guys look forward to it as well. And we only have two more football Fridays. We'll get this Friday. No games next weekend with the bye in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. And then we'll get the football Friday before the Super Bowl. And that's it. That is it until September. Damn, that's depressing. But let's take a look at the NFL head coaching carousel that is going on. There were eight vacancies to start the season, or excuse me, to start the offseason. Seven of them have been filled. Excuse me, six of them have been filled. News comes down yesterday. L.A. Chargers, as expected, hired Jim Harbaugh to be their next head coach. I think that is a great move for the L.A. Chargers. Absolute great move. They have a young quarterback in Justin Herbert who I think was winning at times in spite of his head coach. Brandon Staley was a great defensive coordinator when he was a defensive coordinator, could not be a head coach, a terrible head coach. And that's why now I'm going to get on my soapbox about Nick Sirianni for a second. That's why everyone here in the chat over the last couple of days who have been furious with me for defending Nick Sirianni, for saying that the Eagles made the right decision, in bringing back Nick Sirianni. Brandon Staley is a prime example. Just because you are a good offensive coordinator or a good defensive coordinator doesn't mean that you're going to be a good head coach in the National Football League. And I know everybody wanted to fire Nick Sirianni because the question, oh, well, look at who's out there. Look at the coaches who are available. They could get... Bill Belichick, they could get Mike Vrabel. They could get Jim Harbaugh. The Philadelphia Eagles weren't going to hire any of those coaches if they moved on from Nick Sirianni. Knowing what we know about Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, those three coaches don't fit the mold of who they'd want to bring in. Number one, Vrabel and Belichick are defensive coaches. They are retread defensive coaches. Not going to happen. 
Jeffrey Lurie's not hiring a defensive retread. And he certainly wasn't going to bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh with that big personality that Jim Harbaugh has. So if the Philadelphia Eagles would have done what a lot of you guys wanted them to do, which was fire Nick Sirianni, get him out of here, he's a clown, they would have hired an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach that never had head coaching experience. That's what they do. So we would have been rolling the dice on whether or not that offensive coordinator or that quarterback's coach could grow into being a head coach in this league. And that is anybody's guess. You've seen it year after year after year in the NFL. The hot name, the big offensive-minded coordinator who's going to come in and save a franchise, and they stink as head coaches. It's a different skill set. And I'd rather go with the devil I know in Nick Sirianni, who has had a lot of success as a head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I know everybody wants to just forget about the first three seasons because of the last six games. Get him out of here. He's a clown. The guy's got the highest winning percentage as a Philadelphia Eagles head coach in their franchise's history right now. So I don't understand why people want to roll the dice and go with some unknown as your head coach that is a complete crapshoot on whether or not it's going to work out. Anyway, getting off my Sirianni soapbox for a second because I just think a lot of people are overreacting to a very small sample size. But let's talk more about these NFL head coaches. Jim Harbaugh, head coach of the Chargers. Atlanta Falcons interview Bill Belichick twice. But they hire Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator from the L.A. Rams for the last couple of seasons. He was the defensive coordinator in Atlanta back in 2020. He was also their interim head coach. Had a head coaching opportunity with the Bucs probably a little bit too soon. For Raheem Morris. He was a really young guy when he got that head coaching job with Tampa Bay back in 2008. So good to see Raheem Morris getting another shot with the Atlanta Falcons. But what does that tell you about Bill Belichick that the Falcons interviewed him not once, but twice and said, you know what? Instead of going with Bill Belichick, we're going to go with Raheem Morris. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Bill Belichick still looking for a job. We'll talk about some of the other openings in a second and if Belichick's going to be a fit for them. But you have Raheem Morris. Dave Canales is named the head coach for the Carolina Panthers. God bless him for wanting to work with Dave Tepper, the owner there. I mean, look, there's only 32 head coaching jobs in the world in the NFL. So you take what you can get. But, man, working for Dave Tepper doesn't seem like something I'd want to do. But Dave Canales, you talk about a question mark, though. And this is why you got to be careful in this league. And you got to be careful saying, hey, let's fire Nick Sirianni. Dave Canales did a great job with the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. That was his only year as a coordinator. One year. Before that, he was with Seattle for a long time. He was a wide receivers coach, a quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator. 
but he has one year of experience as an offensive coordinator. He did it with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yes, you saw Baker Mayfield make a little bit of a resurgence. But Dave Canales is now the head coach of the Panthers. Anybody's guess how he'll do. Brian Callahan, named head coach for the Tennessee Titans. He was the offensive coordinator for the last few years in Cincinnati. Obviously did some great things with Joe Burrow. But I think his most impressive accomplishment was what he did with Jake Browning. When Joe Burrow went down, he had Jake Browning have some pretty good games in there. So we'll see how Brian Callahan does. But again, no head coaching experience. It's a crapshoot how this guy does. And then some of the ones we already knew, Gerard Mayo, head coach in New England, and good for Antonio Pierce getting the head coaching gig with the L.A. Raiders. Excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Always call them the L.A. Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. But that leaves two job openings in the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. And there's two candidates still out there that a lot of Eagles fans wanted, Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. Does Bill Belichick have a job next season? How crazy is that? The greatest coach of all time may not have any suitors for 2024. Doesn't look like the commanders are interested. I think the commanders are going to hire Ben Johnson. As soon as the Lions are finished with the playoffs, whether it's this weekend or after the Super Bowl, you're going to hear the announcement they've hired Ben Johnson. Seattle, not sure who they're going with. Do they hire Mike Vrabel? But I don't see them bringing in Belichick. So I think Belichick will not be a head coach this season, which is a crazy development. But I said on this show weeks ago, before the Patriots fired Belichick, or excuse me, they decided to go in different directions. I said I wouldn't want Belichick. I wouldn't want him. Not that he's not one of the greatest coaches of all time. I'm not taking away his accomplishments. I just don't think the Patriot way works in today's NFL. I don't think the Patriot way works without Tom Brady. And I'm not even talking about Tom Brady on the field as a quarterback. I'm talking about Tom Brady as one of the most tremendous leaders we have ever seen. And the reason why Belichick's Patriot way worked was because he had a leader and a captain like Tom Brady. It was the perfect relationship. But now you see the Patriot way with Cam Newton, Mac Jones, just doesn't work. So if I'm Bill Belichick, I know he needs, what is it, like 13 wins to set the all-time record, but if I'm him, man, I'm hanging him up. Because we already get the argument that Belichick can't do anything without Brady. You want to go to another organization? that has question marks at quarterback? Because now there's only two openings. Does he have faith that Sam Howell is the guy? Does he want to draft a quarterback where it's a complete crapshoot on whether or not that quarterback's going to grow into a good quarterback in the NFL? 
Because I don't care how good of a coach you are, you can't survive bad quarterback play. You saw it in New England. Does he want to go to Seattle with Geno Smith? Does he have faith in Geno Smith? So, look, I don't think those teams want him anyway. But if I'm Belichick, why do I even want those jobs? And I know he interviewed twice for the Atlanta Falcons job. What was his plan in Atlanta? Desmond Ritter? I saw some reports that maybe Kirk Cousins. But if I'm Belichick, man, hang him up. Go off into the sunset. You're one of the greatest of all time. No need to tarnish that reputation at all by going to a team that has a bad quarterback. And I see Reyes on TikTok talking about thoughts on Antonio Pierce. I've said it before on this show. Love that the Raiders did the right thing in hiring Antonio Pierce. Because they made the mistake a couple years ago when, what's his name? I always forget his name. Special teams coach uh, Rich Biaschia. I know I'm butchering his last name. What the heck's his name? If you guys are in the chat, you tell me. But he did a great job as the interim head coach. They should have hired him. They didn't. They hired Josh McDaniels, and they made the mistake. So I'm glad they did the right thing this time, going with the guy that the players wanted. You had Max Crosby telling him he'd have to consider maybe getting traded if they didn't hire Antonio Pierce. And there it is, Chuck Hutton, Rich Bisaccia. That's who it was. Appreciate it. So that's the head coaching search going on around the NFL. But the Philadelphia Eagles are still conducting their search for an offensive coordinator. Reports are they've already hired their defensive coordinator, and we spoke a little bit about it yesterday. And I want to talk more about that after the break. But let's stick stick with the NFL for a second. So the NFL announces the finalists for all their end-of-the-season awards. So we got the most valuable player. After 12 weeks of the NFL season, Jalen Hurts was a favorite to win this MVP award. Unfortunately, not even a finalist. Not surprising. So the five finalists for most valuable player, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy. If you're here in the chat, who is going to win the MVP this season? Lamar Jackson is the clear favorite. But I got to be honest with you. Watching these games and watching these teams, they'll never give it to them. But I think it's Christian McCaffrey. I really think you look at that San Francisco 49ers team. They are not the same team without Christian McCaffrey. What that guy does is remarkable. And I don't want to take anything away from Lamar. He had an unbelievable season, and I'll be okay with Lamar Jackson winning it. But I really think, if we're being honest here, it's Christian McCaffrey. What that guy does is remarkable. I hate it because I hate the 49ers. But you got to give respect where respect is due, and Christian McCaffrey is unfreaking believable. But I think it'll be Lamar Jackson. It's crazy the 49ers have two finalists, Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Pretty incredible stuff. 
And I see people in the chat agreeing with me about Christian McCaffrey. Let's look at the defensive player of the year. You have Max Crosby, who we just talked about with the Las Vegas Raiders, Miles Garrett with the Cleveland Browns, Micah Parsons with the Dallas Cowboys, Deron Bland with the Dallas Cowboys, and TJ Watt for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty crazy. The Cowboys had two players as finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. And if you guys didn't know it, it didn't matter when they played the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the playoffs. Didn't matter at all. That defense got absolutely shredded by Jordan Love and a bunch of first and second years players. So congratulations, Cowboys fans. You got two finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. Didn't matter, though. Still been how many years since you've been to a championship game? So I'll always take some solace in that. Even though the Eagles season ended a little bit sooner than we wanted, we still played for one more day than the Dallas Cowboys did. So I'll take it. So who do you guys think is going to win defensive player of the year there? This is a tough one for me. Obviously, Deron Bland sets the record for most pick sixes in a season. Michael Parsons, very difficult on offenses, but I think it's going to be T.J. Watt. I really do. I, I would go with T.J. Watt. I think what that guy does, he completely takes over games from the defensive side of the football. And I see some of you saying Miles Garrett. I'd be okay with Garrett as well. Miles Garrett is on a different level. Those are the two guys. I mean, if I could see the Philadelphia Eagles go out there and get any defensive player, anyone, salary cap wasn't an issue, you didn't have to give up anything, and they could just get one defensive player I would love to have Miles Garrett or TJ Watt on this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Pretty crazy. So that's most valuable player and defensive player. Offensive player of the year, Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, CeeDee Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, or Dak Prescott. Now, interestingly, I don't think Christian McCaffrey will win the MVP. I told you my thoughts are I think he should. I don't think he will, but I do think Christian McCaffrey will win offensive player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Puka Nakua, Bijan Robinson, or CJ Stroud. And it's crazy because any other season, what Puka Nakua did would be a surefire offensive rookie of the year winner. But unfortunately for him, CJ Stroud is also a rookie. CJ Stroud will steal that award, run away with it. Unbelievable season. The likes we've never seen from a rookie quarterback. Big fan of C.J. Stroud. Then you got Defensive Rookie of the Year, and finally we get an Eagles player in the mix. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson from Houston, Joey Porter Jr. from Pittsburgh, who the Eagles could have had, by the way. They took Nolan Smith instead. Not down on Nolan Smith just yet. He was a rookie. He can still grow, but, man, they could have had Joey Porter. Would have looked good in an Eagles uniform. Kobe Turner, defensive tackle, and Devin Witherspoon, cornerback for Seattle. I'm going with Jalen. I know Jalen Carter hit a wall towards the end of the season, but Jalen Carter was dominating people early in the year. Let's go with him. Comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, DeMar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, or Tua Tungabayaloa. And I think all season we knew this was going to be DeMar Hamlin. Too good of a story for the NFL not to go with DeMar Hamlin. The guy basically died on the field and came back. Unfortunately, they tried to fake punt in that divisional matchup against the Chiefs to DeMar Hamlin that didn't work. AP Coach of the Year, 
Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan, and Kevin Stefanski. I know things didn't go the way the Cleveland Browns wanted in the playoffs, but I'm going with Kevin Stefanski. What he did with five different starting quarterbacks was remarkable. I think you got to give it to Kevin Stefanski. And then assistant coach of the year, you got Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, Mike McDonald, the Ravens DC, Todd Munkins, the Ravens OC, Jim Schwartz, Cleveland's DC, and Bobby Slowick, the Houston Texans OC. This is a tough one for me. I would either go with Mike McDonald, what he did with the Ravens, or Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. But let me know what your guys' opinions are in the chat on all those awards. When we come back, I want to turn the focus back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Vic Fangio reportedly hired, well, an agent in the NFL that we know all too well in Philadelphia had some interesting things to say about Vic Fangio's time in Miami. So stay tuned. I want to talk about that, guys. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this Friday in Philadelphia, where we should be talking about the matchups between the Eagles and the 49ers in the rematch of the NFC Championship. But things didn't go the way we all thought they would this season. So now the Eagles find themselves in another transition year. For completely different reasons. Last year, they lost both coordinators because they had so much success that other teams wanted their offensive coordinator. They wanted their defensive coordinator. And the Philadelphia Eagles had to replace both of them. This year, we're replacing both coordinators because of a lack of success. So a complete 180 in less than a year. That's why when they say the NFL stands for not for long, This is what they're talking about because things can switch very quickly. Players can lose it very quickly, as we learned this year with James Bradbury. But I want to talk about this coaching search for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about the offensive coordinator in a second, but all reports are that the Philadelphia Eagles have found their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, and we talked about it yesterday on the show, and I told you why I like this move for the Philadelphia Eagles. They love the Fangio scheme. Sirianni loves that type of defense, a defense that takes away the explosive play. So if you're going to run the Fangio scheme, bring in the damn guy who created it, Vic Fangio. So I like that move. And I also talked about before they hired Vic Fangio that what I wanted in a defensive coordinator And I was saying this when I didn't know Fangio was available, when I thought Ron Rivera could have been the guy. I wanted a guy who was a veteran. I wanted a defensive coordinator who was going to be able to come in here and assert that veteran presence where he would immediately have the respect from not only the players, but from Howie Roseman, where Howie Roseman's not going to push Vic Fangio around. Howie Roseman's not going to say to Vic Fangio, yeah, you know what? We're going to ignore the linebacker position again this season. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go out there and uh, sign a couple safeties on one-year deals who have uh, always been injured and see how that makes makes the defense look this year. So I think you're going to have a guy in Vic Fangio who's going to come in here and going to say, look, you want me to run your defense? This is what I need. And they're going to listen to him. Because Fangio has been in the NFL for 33 seasons. The guy's been a defensive coordinator 20 out of 33 seasons. And I said this yesterday, what I love the most is he coached linebackers for a decade. So I think the days of Howie Roseman ignoring the linebacker position, or so I hope those days are over, But I think a guy like Fangio is going to tell him, we need linebackers. You want to run my defense, we need linebackers. 
And I also wanted a guy on the defensive side of the ball who had some head coaching experience, who could be a nice sounding board for Nick Sirianni. And I really wanted a defensive coordinator who wasn't going to come in here, have one year of success, and then be out the door. I want that continuity on the defensive side of the football. And they bring in Vic Fangio, or so it's reported. And I know some people are not happy about this. I know some fans were really, really hoping and praying that they were going to bring in a guy like a Wink Martindale. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Got to blitz. Bring back the Buddy Ryan days. Blitz, blitz, blitz. It doesn't work in today's NFL. It just doesn't work. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show. Look at Wink Martindale's defense this year. They were horrific in New York. They blitzed more than anyone in the league with the exception of the Minnesota Vikings. They were 29th in the league in sacks, and they were in the bottom of almost every other category. Yards against, points against, passing yards against. Blitzing doesn't work. And just for point of reference, let's take a look at the four teams who are still left in the NFL right now. The four teams who are going to play in the championship. And let's look at their blitz rates. You got the San Francisco 49ers. There are only two teams in the entire NFL who blitz less than the San Francisco 49ers. Would you agree with me that the 49ers have a pretty damn good defense? They only blitz 18% of the time. There's only two teams who blitz less. The New York Jets, who didn't have a great team this year, but would you agree the Jets had a pretty damn good defense? That Rob Sala kind of knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the football? So you got the 49ers and the Jets, two aggressive defenses. What I keep hearing from fans in Philly is we want a more aggressive defense. Well, aggression doesn't necessarily mean blitzing. You don't need a guy who's going to blitz every damn play. Case in point, New York Jets under Rob Sala, San Francisco 49ers defense. Let's look at the other teams. Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens blitzed less than the Philadelphia Eagles did this season. You don't have to blitz a lot in today's NFL. Detroit Lions, they probably blitzed the most of any of the teams in the NFC that are still available, or excuse me, still playing or still played in the playoffs. I'm looking to see who blitzed more than them that was in the playoffs this year. Cowboys didn't. Rams didn't. Obviously, the 49ers didn't. So the Green Bay Packers, they blitzed 29% of the time. Kansas City Chiefs blitzed a lot this year, 33%. But you look at a guy like Wink Martindale, he's blitzing over 45%. So it doesn't necessarily work. And the Tampa Bay Bucks, yeah, I forgot about the Bucks. They blitz a lot as well. But you look at the Bucks' defense, even though they blitzed a lot, where were they in sacks? Did they get a lot of sacks this season? Because blitzing doesn't always mean you're going to get a lot of sacks. So they had 48 sacks this season. The two teams that I mentioned before, the San Francisco 49ers, Baltimore Ravens, Ravens led the NFL in sacks. 
led the NFL in sacks. They don't blitz that often. So I'm okay with the Vic Fangio scheme. But they're going to have to bring in better defensive players. They need to shore up that linebacker spot. They need to make sure they have safeties who can play. And I know some people are a little bit nervous about the secondary. But the one thing I find as a positive is there are a lot of young guys that will hopefully take that step next year. Keely Ringo had some good games this season. Can he take a step forward in year two? Eli Ricks, he was out there battling as a rookie. Can he take a step in year two? Isaiah Rogers, that a lot of people forget about, that the Indianapolis Colts cut when he got suspended for the year. Philadelphia Eagles picked him up. How's he going to look next year? Was a pro bowler before he was suspended. Now, I don't have any faith in James Bradbury. I'm hopeful Darius Slay can continue to play at the level he's playing. And we also have Zach McPherson coming back from injury. How's he going to look? So the secondary may not be as bad as we think it is. There's some hope for that secondary. But what they need to do is shore up that other safety spot because I don't know if Sidney Brown's going to be ready. But they really, in my opinion, need to shore up the linebacker position and make sure that that defensive line becomes a strength again on the edge. And those are big question marks, which which we'll continue to talk about this offseason because Hassan Reddick, final year of his deal. Josh Sweat, final year of his deal. So there's going to probably be a lot of changes. But let's talk about Vic Fangio because I said there is a agent that we know all too well in Philadelphia who didn't necessarily have good things to say about Vic Fangio and his time in Miami. Drew Rosenhaus, the infamous next question, Drew Rosenhaus on the driveway of Terrell Owens in that 2005 season that none of us as Eagles fans will ever forget, said yesterday there were quite a few players on the team, meaning the Dolphins, that didn't necessarily get along with Fangio. It wasn't a great relationship with many of the players. There were some guys that loved him, but there were quite a few that didn't. It definitely wasn't a unanimous, positive relationship. So does that have anybody concerned that Drew Rosenhaus is saying that, look, there were players on that defense that were not fans of Vic Fangio? Now, the reason I'm not as concerned, and I see Twiz in the sh- in the chat saying, great, bring in a guy that doesn't get along with players when our locker room is in shambles. And there's Twiz. But the reason I'm not concerned, Vic Fangio has been a coach in this league for 33 years. I think if this was a guy who had problems with players, if this was a guy who players didn't get along with, I don't know if you would be able to stay in this league for 33 seasons. This is like, and I haven't heard this before, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we got to go do some more research. Have we ever heard this before that Vic Fangio doesn't get along with his players? And I've seen 
Javon Holland posted a picture of him kicking rocks on his Twitter after the move was made. I guess that's a, you know, he's excited about it. But then you got Emmanuel Ogba about a month ago called Vic Fangio a genius. He said, as far as defensive scheme, he knows how to put guys in the right position to make plays. I've definitely learned a lot from him. He's definitely evolved my game a lot. So, you know, you got to take this with a grain of salt. Number one, it's Drew Rosenhaus. So Drew Rosenhaus, everything that guy says is in some way to benefit him and one of the players that he has as an agent. So if there was a guy on that team that maybe Vic Fangio didn't think was good or didn't think was a great player or coached him hard, maybe that's why Drew Rosenhaus is coming out and saying, oh, well, he didn't get along with a lot of people. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying anything Drew Rosenhaus says. And you don't hear this about Vic Fangio. A guy's been in the league for 33 damn years. And now all of a sudden, oh, well, there were some players on the uh, Dolphins who didn't really like him. Yeah, he had, And it says, there were some guys that loved him. But there were quite a few that didn't. From Drew Rosenhaus. I'm not buying it. I don't buy anything Drew Rosenhaus says. But I like this move. I told you yesterday why I like this move. I talked a little bit about it before. But you look at that Dolphins defense, even though they battled injuries all year. They had a pretty good damn defense. And I see dank birds in the chat saying, I'm happy Vic is a hard ass. Yeah, maybe that's what they need. Maybe that's what they need on the defensive side of the football. Maybe they need somebody calling them out when they give the effort that they just gave in those last few games when it came to tackling. So we will see. But I like the move. But now we got to find an offensive coordinator. There's been reports they talked to Cliff Klingsbury. There's been talks they, they requested interviews of Kellen Moore, Gerard Johnson, quarterback's coach with the Houston Texans. So we'll see what they decide to do. But I don't want any of those guys. I talked to you guys before. I want continuity. I don't want Jalen Hurts having to look for another offensive coordinator next season if they have success. I want an offensive coordinator that's going to be here next season and the season after and the season after. I don't want Kingsbury. I don't want Kellen Moore. Gerard Johnson, maybe he turns out to be a great coach, but if he comes in here and he has success, he's gone. So I love the move for Vic Fangio because I love bringing in the veteran, the guy who's done this for a long time, a guy who's going to be here for a few years because he's not looking to get a head coaching job. And there's another name on the offensive side of the football that keeps jumping to mind for me, and that's Frank Reich. And I know Frank Reich hasn't had a lot of success as a head coach. 
But we've talked about it before. These are different skill sets. Just because you're a good offensive coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a good head coach. And we saw what Frank Reich and Doug Peterson and John DeFilippo were able to do in 2017 when Carson Wentz had his best season of his career. But even more importantly, what they were able to do on the fly when Carson Wentz went down for the season. The offense they were able to build around Nick Foles. And Frank Reich was a big part of building that offense. Not taking anything away from Dougie P or John Filippo, but Frank Reich was a part of that. And what we need is a coach that can come in here and help build an offense that takes advantage of Jalen Hurts' skills. I don't want the – who was the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings? Is it – I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Kevin McConnell? When they went and got Josh Dobbs, they tried to make Josh Dobbs fit their offense the way that they called plays with Kirk Cousins as opposed to taking advantage of what Josh Dobbs was so good at. They tried to mold him to fit their offensive scheme. I want an offensive coordinator that's going to be able to come in here and create an offense that takes advantage of what Jalen Hurts does well. And that's why I think Frank Reich is the guy. That's the guy I want. We know about his relationship with Nick Sirianni. We know about his relationship with the Philadelphia Eagles organization. The only question is, does Frank Reich want to do it? Because he's making a lot of money to do nothing right now. But I would love Frank Reich to come in. And I see people on TikTok saying, Frank was our OC Super Bowl winning year, masters the RPO, and knows Nick no-brainer. Exactly, Golf Guy 441. That's what I think. Great relationship with Nick Sirianni. Knows the organization. Fits the culture. We saw him build an offense around Nick Foles where there was a ton of RPOs, which Nick Foles did well. We know Jalen Hurts can run the RPO. And the best part for me, Frank Reich is not getting another head coaching opportunity. He's done. Went to Indianapolis, didn't work out. Went to Carolina, didn't work out. He comes in here with Nick Sirianni as your CEO head coach, which you guys know I'm completely okay with. And you have Frank Reich as your offensive coordinator, Vic Fangio as your defensive coordinator. I like that coaching staff. I like that coaching staff a lot. And you know my position on Sirianni. I'm fine with him being a CEO coach. He was basically a CEO coach for the last two and a half seasons. And look at last year. I know we all want to focus on this past season and what happened the last six games. Let's go back to 2022. When the Philadelphia Eagles had one of the most dominant seasons in franchise history. We all quickly want to forget how dominant that team was. Nick Sirianni was your head coach. He was essentially a CEO head coach because you had Shane Steichen on offense. You had Jonathan Gannon on defense. And it worked. And it worked really well. They were 30 minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. 
And that would have gone down as the greatest season in franchise history. They dominated everybody. From week one all the way through the season, that team was absolutely dominating teams. It works. So I'm fine with Frank Reich as my OC, Vic Fangio as my DC. Now, we haven't heard any word that they've talked to Frank Reich. I'm not sure what their plan is there. We only know Klingsbury, Moore, and Johnson. And I really don't want any of those guys. But we'll see what you guys think. But then we got to talk real quickly, guys, because it is a football Friday. We spent all our time talking about coaches and the Philadelphia Eagles that we didn't get into the two games this weekend. Some good ones on Sunday. We start off Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are four-point favorites in that game. I love the Ravens this season. I think they have the best team in the NFL. But can you truly count out Patrick Mahomes? Insane that that guy, sixth straight AFC championship game. Take away his wide receivers, doesn't matter. Trade away Tyreek Hill, doesn't matter. Mahomes just keeps on delivering. It helps that he's got Travis Kelsey on his team, but that guy just keeps on delivering. But I'm going with the Ravens. I just think that defense is too damn good. I think Lamar Jackson is having an unbelievable season. But, man, I say the Ravens and I say how good their defense is. The Chiefs have a pretty damn good defense. Steve Spagnuolo, a pretty good defensive coordinator. But I'm still going with the Ravens. But, man, I think that's anybody's game. Don't count out the Chiefs. Don't count out Patrick Mahomes. But I think the Ravens are better across the board. I think they just have a little bit better roster. So I'm going with the Ravens in that game. If you guys are here in the chat, let me know who you're picking. Ravens Chiefs, but I'm going with the Ravens in that game. And then Sunday night, 6.30, the Detroit Lions on their miraculous run back to the NFC Championship for the first time in a really long time are in Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Seven and a half point dogs, the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. A slap in the face to the Lions. I'm sure Dan Campbell using that to motivate his team. And interestingly, as we talk about Nick Sirianni being a CEO coach and getting questioned, what exactly do you do here? Why does no one ask that to Dan Campbell? Why does nobody ask that to John Harbaugh? What do you do here? And I saw Big Sills yesterday say, you have a winning percentage of 667, and you're being asked, what is it you do here? I think that says more about us as media in Philadelphia than it does about Nick Sirianni. Because the guy does have a 667 winning percentage. The guy has had a lot of success in the last three seasons. And nobody asked the question to John Harbaugh, what is it you do here? Nobody asked Dan Campbell, what is it you do here? So why do we ask Nick Sirianni that question? 
And thank you, M. Reyes. Nobody asked Mike Tomlin, what do you do here? Pete Carroll, what do you do here? So that's why I said, I think we are overreacting as a fan base, as a media, as a city about Nick Sirianni being a cheerleader clown. You don't win the amount of games that this team has won in the last three seasons in the National Football League if Nick Sirianni was nothing but a clown. It's not easy to win in this league. So I am very much over the overreaction from the media and the talking heads and the fan base about Nick Sirianni. And I see, I'm awake, Sirianni stinks. Why does Sirianni stink? And everybody wants to keep going back to the epic collapse. I've said it before. This was not a 10-1 and football team. They were not that good. We said it all season long. They were trying to tell us who they were, and they finally were able to show us towards the end of the season. When they were 10-1, and they weren't a good football team. So if they would have started the season five and six and finished the exact same way, would we be saying that Nick Sirianni should be fired less than a year after going to a Super Bowl? Because all I keep hearing is they were 10 and one. That's why he should be fired. They were 10 and one. That's why they should be fired. They were not a 10 and one football team. And you were asking this guy to do something that no one has ever done in NFL history. No one has ever gone to a Super Bowl, lost, lost both coordinators, and gotten anywhere past the divisional round. So I don't understand why we would fire a guy who wasn't able to do something that no one has ever been able to do in NFL history. We are overreacting as a fan base. I'm telling you, we are overreacting. Anyway, we're running out of time. Like we end every Philly Sports Power Hour with a little Today in Sports History. January 26th, 1924, the first ever Winter Olympic gold medal was won. American skater Charles Jutral in the first Winter Olympic Games exactly 100 years ago. January 26, 1924, the first ever Winter Olympics. And on today's date, the first ever gold medal was awarded and it was won by the USA American skater Charles Jutral in France guys even though you disagree with me at times I appreciate all of you I appreciate the engagement I love spending this hour with my crew so be sure I'll see you guys all back here on Monday and if you want a little more check me out tomorrow morning on 97.5 the fanatic from 9 to 12 I'll be hosting a show there every weekend now so check me out there as well, 9 to 12 on Saturdays and Sundays on The Fanatic. But I will be back here on Monday, 10 o'clock, for the best hour in Philadelphia sports talk, the Philly Sports Power Hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. And as always, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the odds. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.